What up? We are back again today in the studio, and you know what time it is. It is time to get the ball rolling. We are back once again today in the studio as we are nearing our uh, wrap-up of the Pac-12. We have just two teams remaining, uh, the Stanford Cardinal and the Cal Bears. I tried to do it within... uh, the individual kind of rivalries that we have and uh sadly this was the only rivalry that's that uh was together oh i guess washington and washington state were so uh we tried to do that but anyway uh it is what it is right so we are here today talking about the cardinal and i have been uh somewhat critical of this team in all of my other podcasts and i maintain that same opinion on this podcast as well I do think that Sanford is a good football team, and I think David Shaw is David Shaw is a good coach. Uh, I don't know if I would have him in the elite uh, level of coaches uh, that are in the the college football landscape. I guess I think he's a really consistent coach, and you know, a couple people I, I was talking to him about uh, the Sanford Cardinal, and I was kind of just reaming them and just telling them, like, I'm just not impressed. Like, KJ Costello, like, is he really that good? I mean, he's efficient, but, you know, he's not a guy that I think at the end of the game, you know, he's going to win it for me. And they told me, they said, you're just two years, or, or, you know, back in 2016, so now three years, uh, two seasons from the past season, removed from winning 10 games that year, right? And uh, in 2017, they went to the Pac-12 title. So I'm like, okay, uh, maybe I'm being a little bit critical of this this Cardinal team, but, you know, they really do lose a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, and that's where I'm, like, a little bit tougher for me to be sold on them. Uh, one guy had predicted them as the dark horse out of the Pac-12, and uh, that they could go, they could even be Oregon and Washington, and I was just like, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, I, I think that the Stanford team, it, it will be decent. I think that, you know, uh, a seven-win season, six, seven, possibly eight-win season is kind of our, our the max where I see this team at. So, We'll be kind of uh, we'll be discussing their schedule a little bit later. This last year, uh, you know, there was a lot of hype going in and around Bryce Love going into the season. You know, he stayed. We're going to get him. He's we're going to kind of build around the run, and he became somewhat irrelevant. Not really talked about uh, towards the end of the season. I don't even know where he was drafted. He was kind of one of those guys that just kind of faded. Now that could be due to the largely because he is a running back and running backs, you know, we look at into the NFL landscape and and football in general is kind of going away from that position. So kind of a, uh, he's kind of faded away now. Their their schedule this last year, they they did beat uh, San Diego State by a score of thirty one to ten. That San Diego State team is a very good team. They did beat USC. They beat UC Davis. Now the UC Davis uh, is a little bit of a misleading score. I believe it was ten ten at halftime. They did go on the road or uh, to win. They shut them out in the second uh, half. But that UC Davis team is not a team to be traveled with, uh, and they will be pulling them. Oh yeah. They pulled him this last year, and uh, this last year they had a really good 
season. After that, they uh, played Oregon at home on the road against Oregon State. Now, that Oregon game at home was possibly one of the best games of the season. I remember sitting there watching it. It was a really uh, entertaining game. I think that, uh, I mean, it went into overtime, and what more do you want? I know I was on the road uh, traveling for cross-country. Afterwards, they played Notre Dame, so they were undefeated through the first few games. They played Notre Dame. They lost. They played the University of Utah. They lost. Uh, they lost a close, or they won a close game against Arizona State, twenty to thirteen. Then they lost a very close game, thirty-eight to forty-one, at Washington State. Uh, they did lose to Washington, twenty-three to twenty-seven, and then they finished off the season with three straight wins, and then a win against Pitt in the bowl game. Now, I did hear uh, another person. They were saying that you know, well, look at the end, the last. You know, KJ Costello, once when Bryce Love kind of became irrelevant, what happened? You know, how did he play? And they were ma- basically mentioning the last four games of the season. So we're going to talk about an Oregon State. So an Oregon State team that uh, was not very impressive this last season, uh, only won two games, and those games were against Southern Utah and Colorado in overtime. But uh, not really an impressive team going 2-10. and ten. Oh, well, they beat UCLA. Well, we kind of know the story of UCLA, right? They uh, only went 3-9 and nine last year, and so as of right now, the combined total of opponents was 5-19. and 19. Oh, well, they beat Cal, and, and I will give Stanford Cal, uh, but I think that, uh, oh, with a lot of rivalries nowadays, is that it's kind of big brother, little brother type thing where... I think that in the past, in the years past, that Stanford has largely dominated uh, this series, and I think it will continue to dominate just because it is kind of the bigger brother. They're they're relatively in the same spot, uh, really high prestigious academic requirements and stuff. But Cal will always be kind of chasing Stanford, like you know BYU will always be chasing Utah, like Colorado State will always be chasing Colorado. Every once in a while, they'll they'll, they'll you know jump out and they might get you. They might trip you up one year, but over the majority of the time, you're going to be seeing, you know, Stanford winning, uh, Utah winning, and Colorado winning. But, so that's kind of how that was. I will give them that. Uh, they did get seven wins, so they seven wins. So you add that together, that's, what, 12 and like 22, 23. So really not an impressive uh, kind of build of, of the last part of the schedule. And then, they did, they did, and I will give them this, they did win their bowl game, and that, and that is extremely impressive. You know, not everybody uh, can win in the bowl game a lot. It's really hard to keep people focused as they're trying to, you know, better themselves, whether academically as they're trying to get ready for finals or athletically as they're trying to get ready for the NFL draft. So I kind of think that the bowl game is always kind of tough. Now, they only beat them by a score of one point, and this was a pit team that went 7-7 seven and seven last year. So uh, they only played... Uh, a team, one team with a with a winning record. I mean, I guess Pitt was a winning record at the time, seven and, and six, and uh, Cal was seven and four at the time. But kind of just, I mean, Oregon State, and UCLA, you're going to look like you guys are are playing lights out when you're only you know playing those kinds of teams. So not really sold on it. Uh, they, like I said, they had a couple close losses. They did have a couple close wins, however. So uh, I think it all kind of balances out. Uh, I do think that uh, this next year, this team is going to have to go away from kind of this run the ball, uh, run it down your throat, you know, jam it down your throat. You know, we had Christian McCaffrey 
2014 to 2016, where Stanford was largely built around him and what he could do. Uh, before that, we had Stephon Taylor. And then, uh, you know, after, so we have Stephon Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, and then we have Bryce Love. So Stanford largely has been built around the run. And, you know, David Shaw, I think at the end of the season said, all right, KJ, go out and throw your heart out. And so, and I, and I think that's where his progression came in instead of just being a regular guy, you know, just a quarterback, just handing the ball off or, you know, reading the play right. He's now a lot more involved. So, I think uh, playmaker-wise, I don't really see them, you know, losing a whole bunch. They have a big uh, tight end, Colby Parkinson, that I think will do great things. I think he might be one of the best tight ends in the nation. But you're not going to win with a quarterback and a tight end. Uh, they're replacing a large part of their offensive line. The only one coming back off their offensive line is their right tackle. So they still have their left tackle, left guard, right guard, and center they need to replace. And when you're going to be playing the 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 gauntlet you're going to throw it down right the gauntlet of Stanford's schedule this upcoming year is going to be tough so those are just some of the factors uh, of why I've kind of uh, downplayed them I don't think they're going to be as good as what they were this last year I think nine ones is a huge stretch and we'll need a lot of things to go right in order to have that uh for them so that's just kind of my initial thoughts of the Stanford team we're going to be taking a, a ad break right now after the ad break we will be discussing kind of uh, a little bit more into their schedule where I see them going uh, what do we have uh, kind of on the horizon for the Stanford Cardinal team so stay tuned after the ad break Stanford 2019 schedule we're going to be going in depth with it uh, and so stay tuned and we are back after that ad break. Again, always thank Anchor for allowing me to do this. So uh, Stanford might have one of the toughest schedules this upcoming year. Now, we're going to dissect uh, their road games and their away games. I think more so for Stanford is what is going to come down to it. Uh, they only get... Uh, on the road, Pac-12 games, they only have one team that had a winning record last year. And so that's going to help. If you're going to go on the road, at least you're going to be pulling a couple of the easier opponents or teams that didn't uh, perform as good uh, last year. They are going to get lucky at that. So August 31st, this team starts off against Northwestern. Now Northwestern is down as well. Uh, you know, this team, they went to the Big Ten Championship this last year. They were kind of a breakout, you know, Pat Fitzgerald has done such a good job there, uh, but they do lose a lot of return or starters, they only bring back 12, uh, however, it is more than the Cardinal, and these are two huge academic powers, the series is 3-2-2, uh, two, and two. so uh, the series edge is owns, uh, Stanford owns the series edge, so kind of a, an interesting bout at the first part of the season for both teams, and I think it will tell a lot of both teams. Uh, now, uh, Stanford does have a big quarterback returning and weapons and stuff. They do get them at home, but again, this is going to be a 50-50 game. It's going to be one of those first uh, week games where you're just going to want to sit back and watch. Uh, now, Stanford have won 11 consecutive home openers. Now, this was an on average of 25 points. So they won. They won a lot, and they win. They usually win at home if they're opening uh, up the season. However, they are. They haven't ever played the likes uh, of a team like Northwestern. The last time they played. Uh, Northwestern, uh, let me make sure, was in 2015, and they did lose that game. Uh, and that was when 
Stanford went on to 12 and 2 season. So uh, I will give Northwestern a slight edge in Stanford, California. Now, I, I w- it might be a 51 49, 52 48 edge, but I will give it to Northwestern. I think this is going to come down to ball security. It's going to come down to largely the play of uh, KJ Costello. And so be watching for that game. They Luckily, they do get them on uh, at Stanford, and I think that will help them. If they were in uh, Illinois, then I would probably be giving a little bit more of an edge uh, to Northwestern. But they it will be a very, very close game, kind of a slugfest, uh, kind of an old-school football game there. Uh, after they play at USC, now... And they did beat USC last year, 17-3, and that was uh, kind of a depleted USC team. Not really an impressive USC team. So this Stanford team, if they can beat this USC team, they're going to convince me of a lot more things. Number one, that they've obviously revamped the offensive line, that they've revamped uh, kind of their middle. I mean, they've lost, they lost almost every single backer, and so it's going to be a little bit difficult for me to watch this team you know are they going to be able to stand up against a run running up the middle uh their cornerbacks are coming back and uh one of their safeties so be kind of a a interesting term for this for the stanford cardinal but it is a tough game uh first of the season again usc has a lot to prove this kind of last year for the coach and so he's going to be coaching his his heart out in order to uh to get the win there i think again uh you know, 17-3, to 3, I think it'll be even a little bit closer. So for the first two games, we know it's going to be close, uh, and it could go either way, honestly, on both games. I want to give a slight edge to both Northwestern and USC in those games. After, they go on the road to UCF. Now, UCF is just uh, 2017. They claim that they're the national champions. Uh, they had a really good 2018 season uh, losing I believe that they only lost one game in the in their bowl game. So, and they do, you know, their their quarterback play has a big question mark. But this UCF team, uh, they are scrappy. They have everything to prove. And people have said year in and year out, you know what? Play the big boys. Play the big boys. You need to play power five teams. You need to do it. And this is them proving that they're going to get a power five team in there. Uh, UCF, uh, I it's taken me a couple years to warm up to the idea that uh, you have another group five winner but you know this uh this guy josh hupel 12 and 1 last year in the year scott frost went 13 and 0 so they do bring back a lot of a lot of returners as well they have eight offensive returners they do get uh brandon winbush who was a transfer from uh notre dame so they're definitely not going to be down again i think this is another slugfest i think it's going to come down to last play of the game uh last drive of the game and honestly uh, i will give stanford the slight edge just because of them being a power five team and if they lose what it might look like but i mean you look at it if they lose this game they could potentially be zero and four to start off the season uh because afterwards where they play oregon so it is very important uh if they do lose the first two games to get a win now if they split the first games then it's not a big deal but they need out of these top these first four games they gotta get at least one win if not more in order to stay relevant because uh, then people will start talking people will say well is it time for a coaching change down there at stanford you know how does it has this kind of ran its course we will see that's yet to be seen so 
kind of an interesting play on that. Like I said, afterwards they play Oregon. Uh, Oregon is a powerhouse. I think Oregon is vastly improved. I think Oregon wins this game. Now, they did, uh, Stanford did beat Oregon last year at Oregon. So I think, again, it's, this is all very, very close games, these first four games. And uh, slight edges uh, to the people that, uh, you know, Stanford, they are playing Oregon at home, but I don't know if that gives them much of an edge just for the amount of talent that Oregon has on their team. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, they did show a lot of guts last year. Uh, they were trailing 24 to 7 at halftime. So, and they rallied. So, we'll see what happens this next year. I think the Ducks kind of have a bad taste in their mouth from this last year. So, uh, if they can turn that into positive motivation, I think they kind of roll. Now, afterwards, uh, the, this, this next week, they can kind of breathe. Kind of, but it's kind of like the same thing I said with Washington. If you overlook a team, uh, getting, you know, preparing, they, they got their sandwich between, you know, Oregon, then you have Oregon State and Washington. So, this team, uh, Stanford, they're kind of, you know, they have a, a gauntlet at the first of the season, and they might only pull one win out of the first six games, one, two, three, four, five, six games, right? They, may win, they might be one in five, and their sole win might be only to Oregon State. Now, I don't think that is happening. I think that they'll get one more win. I think that might be two and three uh, going in, or two and two, or, or sorry, two and three going into that or the Washington game, but you know what? They can't overlook Oregon State for that Washington game, and that's what I've noticed that a lot of these programs, they overlook a team like Oregon State, and it comes back to bite them in the butt because they're like, okay, we need to prepare for Washington. We just got off of this emotional roller coaster with Oregon. It's definitely going to be difficult for the Stanford team. Now, after that, it definitely uh, decreases uh, – overall their schedule their difficulty they do play ucla they do get them at home i will be giving stanford the win there i think they have uh, about a 70 30 percent chance there i think stanford uh is they don't let what happens at the first of the season def- deflate them entirely uh, they're going to finish out the rest of the season very strong afterwards they play uh, Arizona, and I think that they will get the win against Arizona. They're home, and so it'll be, like I said, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they play and stuff, but if they can get those two wins, kind of lock it up, they can get ready for the final push here. And uh, they go on the road to Colorado, and as I've always said, uh, November in Colorado was very tricky. Last year, I ran in freezing rain and snow, and it was uh, mid-November. It was the same week. No, I'm sorry. It's the same week that University of Utah played there, so you know, the weather can turn for the worst at any point in time. And if Stanford is on the road against Colorado, I will give Colorado, uh, with, with the elements, I will give the win against Colorado. Stanford is not used to that. But if, if it's a beautiful uh, November afternoon, I think that uh, Stanford takes care of them. After they do go on the road to Pullman, this is going to be their only uh, road game in the Pac-12 that had a winning record. So Washington State is definitely a difficult game. I don't see them beating Washington State. I want to give them the edge. Uh, Washington State, uh, I think that they kind of handle Stanford. Uh, again, it kind of depends on the play overall, uh, where they're at in the season. But I will take Washington State in that game. Uh, they Then they finish up with Cal and Notre Dame. And like I said before, with Cal, I think it's a big brother, uh, little brother situation, much like the University of Utah and BYU. I think that Stanford will flex its muscles. I don't think that Cal will end up beating them. Uh, I mean, I think every once in a while, that, like I said, they'll sneak up and they'll uh, surprise Stanford. But as long as 
you know, David Shaw's there, uh, the quarterback play and, and everything. I think that they end up beating Cal. And then after, they have a very tough uh, game to finish out the season. That's against Notre Dame. So, again, they did not take it easy, uh, this Stanford Cardinal team. Northwestern, UCF, and Notre Dame as their uh non-conference opponents so you start looking at it you're like okay a tough schedule i guess a team that's only returning nine starters only has one on the offensive line i mean your quarterback can be lights out but if you don't have an aligned blocking for him it's not happening especially with you know they do get oregon and washington at home and those will be very important home games but uh i'm not very sold on this washington or the stanford team i think that uh six wins is Attainable. I think that this team can can get to six wins. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they blow, drop below six, but I think they have enough talent and uh, enough gusto, enough pride to be able to get to that six win mark. And then, uh, you know, they might. A lot of people are projecting them at seven wins. Vegas has them at six and a half, so I'll take a little bit on the under on them just due to the difficulty of the schedule uh, and where they play at at certain places. Like I said, that Colorado game is a big block and out. That you might be overpowering them uh, year in and year out. You might have more talent than them, but if it's a cold, blustery day out there in Boulder with with wind chill and with, with the snow. It definitely plays a factor into the game. And so you have games like that, like trap games, like I've always called them, or the 50-50 games where it's going to matter. Uh, those conditions are going to matter, you know, injuries at that point. I guess injuries always matter, but, you know, most of the time the, the, the more talented team wins. But in a game like that, it will be very difficult to get a win. Uh and they do get, like I said, Northwestern, Notre Dame at home. But those are two very, very difficult uh, non-conference teams. They're not taking it easy. If this was a Stanford team back in 2000, uh, you know, 2012, uh, during the you know maybe even during the Andrew Luck years back in 2011 I would say the Stanford team is going to be able to uh, make it to the college football playoff just due to their resume even if they lost two games this team can do it they're not that 2011 team they're not the 2012 team and they're not even the 2015 or 16 team I think that this team is going to struggle uh, this next year and as long as the first four games don't deflate them too much and they can get that win against Oregon State and kind of get the season back on track then this team will be we'll see them in the postseason but uh this year again i think it's going to be a lot about development and uh, kind of finding their guys going forward in the future kj castillo is only a junior so you could potentially have him back one more year develop him develop his arm let him learn the game let the game slow down for him and uh, next year i'm looking at the stanford cardinal as a legit threat if you're able to bring back the amount of people that you lost like you did this year so uh, that is your 2019 Sanford Cardinal preview. Again, I'm not really sold on this team. Uh, in years past, I have been, but this team, I think, is kind of on the on the decline uh, from what it has been. But it is all we will all uh, wait to see how it all turns out. So uh, that is our second to last. Uh, college football pac 12 uh preview preseason preview we'll be doing uh the cal bears afterwards and uh, we're almost there uh we're nearing closer to college football every single day i cannot wait for it to start again most of these teams will be kicking off on august 31st 
but uh, we have a couple games before that. Uh, you know, uh, we have Florida and Miami, Florida, which will be a very intriguing game, and we'll just be uh, standing very close by, watching everything that goes down. Again, we will be covering as much as we possibly can during the season, kind of reaction to certain things. Uh, do a different, a couple different segments where we will talk about uh, different. Uh, teams as what we've covered here in the podcast so follow us on all of your social media accounts uh let your families friends uh associates people you don't even like let them know uh about getting the ball rolling because this is a great sports podcast we're doing the best that we can so uh until next time i hope you guys have a wonderful week and keep the ball rolling